We have an anonymous message in uh, Did You Like Line asking a very peculiar question. After eating durian, normally the urine smells. What causes it? What if it doesn't smell anymore like before, even if I ate a big amount? Is there any concern or is this normal too? Yeah, I mean, all the also depends on the type of durian you eat and, uh, you know, also the amount of hydration you have. So if you're more dehydrated, probably the breakdown concentration is higher, so you get a different type of smell. I think it will vary with people, vary with their genes, vary with your hydration, vary with the type of durian you're taking, and also how good your liver and kidney functions are. So I think a lot of variables there. So I think nothing to worry as long as you're fine after that. I don't think so to worry too much. Wait, that means, I wonder... When she used to eat it, it used to smell, but now it doesn't smell. I wonder if there's something that happened along the way. I don't know. I don't know why that happened. Uh, but again, could be the type of durians or also maybe the hydration. Hydration mm. is better. Maybe she's drinking more water with the, or hydrating herself better. I, yeah. I suppose if you think about it, when you go to like a durian stall or somewhere outside to eat it, you don't necessarily have a drink there with you, right? Or you use water yeah. to wash your hands. Whereas maybe if you're eating it at home, because everything's takeaway now, maybe you're just you have the water there, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, that, could, that makes sense, yeah. Possible. Wait, Dr. Rajman, is there a scientific or medical, uh, I don't know, because I always hear people <laughs> say, like, if you drink the water, like when you're eating a durian, and oh. then you put the water in the shell, and then you drink the water from the shell, it clears the smell. Is that true? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> I don't know anything scientific about that. You know, I mean, durian has got a lot of carbs inside, so that's one issue. But they got a lot of, uh, you know, things like B-complex vitamins. they got potassium, magnesium, a lot of minerals inside. So overall, if you say you take about two to three, uh, you know, seeds, uh, it's actually quite healthy, no problem. But if you start taking more than that, then the calories count increases. And then, of course, your weight can go up and all that. Uh. Do you eat durians? Yeah, but very rare, very seldom. I think it's more that because, you know, someone brings durian into the house to spell most of my, my kids don't like it. So, <laughs> Okay, Doc, we got a message from Carol here who says, I've been having a slight sore throat on and off recently and I got myself a medicated throat spray to help ease it, which it does. I'm assuming that my sore throat is not caused by anything too serious. If it doesn't go away, um, should I be concerned? I'm thinking it's just the weather and I'm just heaty. Am I right? But anything new, sore throat... I mean, a lot of people are getting sore throat even because of the mask they're wearing and they're probably just getting a reaction to that. Uh, mm. Of course, the weather, try. But if it's not getting better, you still need to get it checked up, you know, yeah, because anything chronic is not really good to, uh, you know, pass it off as normal. Uh, a sore throat that lasts for a few days goes away great, nothing to worry. Uh, but if it's persisting more than a week and not getting better, I advise they should go and see someone, just get it checked up and see what's going on. All right. And it doesn't necessarily mean like COVID, does it? It just it could be actually a, a throat infection or something that requires different yeah, yeah, medication. It's a normal, normal, you know, just a throat bacterial viral. Of course, if uh, sore throat also is uh, one of the symptoms of COVID. If you're worried, you know, if you got uh, if things are running nose, a bit of cough, a bit of fever, then you definitely must quickly go and get it checked up. But even a sore throat lasting more than a week, not getting better, I think you should get it checked up. On this medicated throat spray thing that this uh, that she's using if you use it too often does it at some point if you're constantly using it does it the effective uh, effectivity uh, go away yeah i mean you shouldn't use medicate in the sense that if you're just using a this you know like anti-inflammatory is okay but if they are uh, like antibiotic based then you must be very careful because it can cause problems resistance right. and all 
So mm. I don't think so. You should simply use all these sprays. Right. One thing I love about Carol's message is that she used the word heaty. Heaty, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's it's how, so Malaysian. Is I love there it. A, a scientific side to explain heaty? I mean, heaty basically what they mean is if weather is very hot, you're not hydrating yourself, you're getting dehydrated. Then also it give you a you know a dry throat, and that can be a bit sore. So I think that's what. If you look at the technical term, that's what basically is a bit of dehydration. Uh. So, otherwise, there should be no such thing as heaty per se. So, if you're hydrating yourself, uh, then that shouldn't occur. And uh, if you're still having the sore throat, then it's something else going on. Okay, yeah. Westerners, I hope you understand that explanation because <laughs> Westerners don't understand heaty. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, we got a message from Jane on a DigiLight line who says, I work out gently, I eat relatively well, but I can't lose weight and my tummy and circle around isn't budging. Uh, I'm 51, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, I mean, as you get older, the metabolic rate decreases, our hormones decrease, and, uh, you know, so it's harder to lose weight. The older you get, the harder it is. So you think we have to do even more harder things, uh, you know, your, your diet must be really... Your metabolic rate decreases, you also need to cut down some of the calories you're taking. And you need to do exercises that will increase your metabolic rate, you know, thermogenesis. So that's more like a high-intensity exercises, which, but again, at 61, you have to be very careful because if you're not used to all this, you can injure yourself. Uh, the other thing is going and checking whether your hormone levels are dropping, you know, your growth hormone, your testosterone levels, and whether that's something else you need to look at. Uh, and then all look at your, you know, because sometimes people think we are exercising and eating right. We might not be, you know, we might still be taking too much of uh, calories and carbs. And we might still not be exercising enough. So uh, mm. maybe then you have to go and get uh, advice from some personal coach who can advise you and all these. There are many things to consider. I think uh, when you are in your 60s, it is going to be harder to lose weight, but people have lost weight, you know. I'm all con- wondering about what she means by work out gently. Because, <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Because uh, it's a brisk walk, a workout, and you're trying to lose weight. Because a, a walk won't actually help you lose weight at all, right, Doc? But in fact, if you're talking of losing weight, I think 80% is your diet. Exercise is 20%. You know, you cannot lose a lot of weight from exercise alone. Even if you're really exercising so much, uh, even if you're not controlling your diet, you still cannot lose weight. Okay, Doc, I got a message from Kevin on a DigiLight line who asks, why does my stomach and bowels always make such loud noises all the time? <laughs> it just gurgles and sometimes it's like I can hear wind inside and it's embarrassing during meetings. Oh my God, Kevin is like me. Yes, Doc, how? What's going on? Yeah, I think a lot of us have that issue, isn't it? I think all these... Uh, uh, sounds of course, as you say, when you're hungry, you're sometimes air in the you know gut can uh, make that sort of noise. Uh, but I think a lot of it is probably just your your food intolerance. La. Certain foods probably create more problems for you than other foods. So you have to sit down and see what are the things that make this happen to you. So if you start getting more abdominal discomfort, more of spindly uh, sort of things in the abdomen, then see what you've eaten earlier and see whether that is the problem. The other thing they can do is if uh, you know take a course of probiotics. After taking probiotics in a high dose will help relieve the symptoms because this could be an early sign of what they call leaky gut syndrome. Uh, mm. So you have to look at that, you know, irritable bowel also can present like this. Uh, so stress can aggravate the situation. So taking probiotics, relieving stress, see what foods cause this. If you still can't have a solution, then maybe go for a food intolerance test. There is a test that, that looks at what are the foods that cause this problem. So then mm. you know what are the foods you have to avoid and which foods is safe for you. So um, with the probiotics, I know uh, a friend of mine just recently tried them and they actually gave her... Uh, 
sort of gas in the stomach, which they're, they're supposed to be doing the opposite, right? Is that because she's just not following the proper dosage or do you, is it something you start off with a little bit and then work your way up, Doc? Yeah, probably can do that. Just uh, start off with the smaller dose and go up. Mm. Also make sure that you are, because these probiotics must work with prebiotics, which is a fiber, they, the food for the good bacteria. So right. make sure your diet also is changed to a good, healthy diet, more fiber, fruits and vegetables. Cut down the refined carbs, which is the one that aggravates all these, you know. Maybe she has to go on a healthier diet, take probiotics, start slowly and then build up as you go along. But I generally, okay, now it's all about me though. I <laughs> generally don't have any discomfort. It just makes a lot of noise. It's kind of like it's my stomach's jealous that I'm talking into the mic. It wants to talk as well. <laughs> so yeah. it's, but that, Very true. It's unless not leaky gut though, right? Unless you're so no, I think you'll be swallowing a lot of air when you're... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Swallowing a lot of air. He does. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. full of hot air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doc, this is from Millicent on Did You Like Line who says, Doctor, my Hep A injection second dose is due and my AZ vaccination second dose is this Saturday. When should I ideally get my Hep A injection? I think go for the AZ now because that's more important with what's going on with the COVID. No, so complete that and then maybe can postpone his hepatitis A two weeks after that. Is there a particular, what's that, schedule that for, for hepatitis A injections to have? There's no really schedule for hepatitis A, I think that's, uh, you know, I mean, hepatitis B, you do follow a schedule by hepatitis A use. It's just a booster, isn't it? You'd have probably taken one earlier. So uh, I think he must go for AZ and then he'll take two weeks for the AZ to work to the full antibody. So once that's settled for COVID, then he can go and get his hepatitis A. But in this case, I'm wondering whether Melissa is concerned that it, there might be a class. Do these vaccinations class with each other? The hepatitis no, A and also the AZ? I think after two weeks shouldn't be a problem. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, shouldn't be an issue. You shouldn't take mm. it together. So I would wait for two weeks uh, and then... Because AZ is this Saturday, so you must take that because it's very important to get his full antibodies. The second vaccine, two weeks later, you get your full antibody. So I would want to finish this off at this current problem, COVID. And then later, you can take the hepatitis A, should be no issue. Okay. What would be the, the issue with taking both together, Doc? You said you shouldn't. I, I don't know. We don't know whether it's going to affect each other's... Uh, COVID is a new... The vaccines, uh, vector-based are new... We don't know how they will interfere, react with other vaccines. So mm. I wouldn't want to take a chance, you know. Okay. Suddenly there's a, taking two together, you might, one might not work better or you might get a reaction, you know, so you don't want any of that. So you just take one, finish that off, over two weeks gone, then you take the next one. Okay, because hepatitis A is generally uh, infection of the liver. So there generally there hasn't been any mention of the AZ uh, vaccination affecting the liver at all, right? Nothing, no, no, no issues. Okay. But we're telling most of our patients to do the same thing because some of them are due for the flu vaccine, the pneumococcal vaccines, other vaccines. You just tell them, wait, finish off your COVID one and then two weeks later, take whatever else you need to take. Right, because that's more important, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. right now that's very important.